Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? Thank you very much for coming back for another episode of Here's Why. I'm Chuck, your host, recovering from a terrible illness. I think I've had the flu for a few days. Um, I actually came down with whatever this is the day that we recorded this episode, which is absolutely tragic. The episode is really cool, uh, but it's it sucks that I got sick um, and I would have rescheduled. I know a lot of you are probably thinking like, well, why don't you just reschedule? And the truth is... Um, because I didn't think of that at the time. But I also was very, I was way too excited about this particular guest. Uh, and I was very thankful that he decided to uh, sit down with me for a little while. So I was not about to reschedule on him um, just out of sheer respect. For those of you who don't know, I like to invest in precious metals. I like to, uh, this is where I like to put some of my cat. I don't know if the camera can pick that up. It's a leaf. It's a really cool silver maple leaf from Canada. Um, and this is where I like to put some of my money because I think it's a really cool investment, but I'm not like an expert in the field. So <laughs> when my friends would ask me why, you know, uh, gold and silver or precious metals is like a, a safe investment or like a smart one, it would make sense in my brain, but I wouldn't know how to put it into words that like everyone else would understand. So I reached out to uh, Mark Yaxley, who is, I'll tell you about him in the in the episode. He is the the one who knows. He's the guy that knows the answers to all these questions. And sadly, uh, I was so miserable the day that we recorded, I wasn't able to really um, think straight enough to come up with some of the really cool questions that I wanted to ask. And that's sad, but you know, hopefully, if if we're lucky, he'll come back on again someday. Someday, and uh, we'll we'll learn a little bit more. But um, without further ado, thanks again for for showing up. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Cheers. One more thing. I will not be showing my video feed for this particular episode for the simple fact that I look like I'm about to throw up. It is absolutely mortifying. I think you can actually see it in Mark's face a couple of times. He's like looking at me as if he's like... Are you about to throw up right now? <laughs> so I didn't want you guys to see that because um, I don't want you to see me that way. But um, in case you were wondering why you can't see this ugly mug this time around, uh, that is the reason. And that's it. Oh, by the way, I'm feeling much better now. Thank you all for asking. You guys are the best fans ever. Uh, I'm just kidding. You guys are great. Thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Come back next week for another one. Peace out. Yeah, we had a busy day today at the office, so just uh, catch my breath. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I know you were uh, you were abroad for a while, so I really appreciate you uh, squeezing this in. Hey, no worries. No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Cool. Um, so I guess we'll uh, we'll get right to it. Um, we are, for one, for those listening, uh, we're not live right now. So if I do make a fool of myself, I promise uh, I'll, I'll edit it out just so as to to save face for both of us. But um, we are in two totally separate time zones. So we're going to be dealing with a little bit of a delay here. Sure. Um, <clears throat> my first question, well, let me do my best at introducing you for one. Uh, Mark Yaxley, for everyone who's listening, is the managing director and co-founder, if I'm not mistaken, of Strategic Wealth Preservation in the Cayman Islands. Am I correct? Yep, that's correct. You got it. 
Awesome. Do you want to tell uh, everyone just a little bit about what you do? Sure. Yeah. In short, I've been in the gold and silver business uh, since I was 25 years old. That was 16 years ago. Um, joined SWP in 2014, co-founded SWP in 2014. It was a pretty interesting project because it was happening in the Cayman Islands. You know, I, I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada, so cold winters and all that. And got yeah. the opportunity to go down south and start SWP. And basically what SWP is, it's it's pretty simple. We, we buy and sell precious metals for our clients and we store them in secure storage facilities in the Cayman Islands, which is the one we own and operate. And then 10 other vaults we offer uh, to our clients worldwide, kind of as part of a global network uh, for people that are looking to diversify their precious metal holdings. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. I, I help run the business. I, I help our clients out every day, um, kind of uh, attain those precious metal needs, whatever those might be. That's awesome. So as far as investments go i think the last couple years and change have really made people think twice about their investments and you know where they're putting their funds because i mean for we've all just witnessed that everything can change for global economies and for for our personal lives uh you know kind of at the flip of a switch in your own words why do you think precious metals are uh, a solid investment for, for someone to make? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I think there's kind of a, you know, in my own words, my own opinion, there's, there's a two part answer. Part one is that the first thing you need to understand about gold and silver kind of by default, because it gets lumped in with gold generally when we speak about precious metals as a gold is unlike most any other asset that you're going to come across as an investor. So, it performs very differently from a stock. It performs very differently from a bond, even from cryptos. You know, people thought, you know, crypto was going to replace gold, but they've come to realize that they actually don't correlate very highly at all. And yeah. it, it actually also has a negative correlation to the U.S. dollar. So it, it has a negative correlation to stocks, bonds, crypto and the U.S. dollar. So really what gold is in your portfolio is a true outlier. It's a true diversifier, it's a true hedge because it's so different than everything else. And I think that's one reason that you have to consider owning some gold or silver, even if you're not convinced that it's the greatest investment in the world, it's not gonna earn you interest, it's not gonna earn you a dividend. These are all true, but because it's so different, it's important to have it. And it acts, by, by default, it acts as kind of wealth insurance because as those other assets are performing negatively, like we've seen in the past, like 2008 to 2011 is a great example. The stock market crashed, housing market crashed, everything went down 30, 40%. Gold went up 140% during that time. So it's an example I like to use. You can look it up, it's true numbers. The second reason gold, in my opinion, is a great uh, asset to hold is because it's really good at, for long-term savings. And this is kind of my personal reflection after all these years of owning gold and silver, because Gold and silver are very liquid, like cash. You can you can buy and sell gold and silver as needed and turn it into cash. But once you can once you've committed to physical ounces of gold or silver, you're less likely to dip into those physical ounces as you would if it was still cash savings. So not only do you get like the long term uh, uptrend of gold, if you look at gold since 2000, it's up about 500 percent. So you've got a 500 percent wow. ROI since 2000, which is, you know, you can find other assets that perform better. But 500% over, you know, 22 years is, is, is fair. That is incredible, and yeah. 
you're less likely and anyone who has ever invested in gold and silver realizes they're not very likely to sell it. You really hold on to it until the very last minute when you absolutely have to liquidate it. And so it's a great savings tool for a lot of young people, especially it's been good for me and my family in that sense. Awesome. Thank you. Um, now, as far as gold, I personally, I've gotten into the bullion uh, kind of world very recently. So I'm very much uh, a novice, although as a Canadian native, You'll be happy to know that I became the proud owner of my very first maple leaf uh, just recently, which, and this is a beautiful piece. I, I love these things. Um, as far as bullion is concerned, would you say there's a real difference? I mean, what's the difference in between like bars and coins? Why would someone pick one over the other? I mean, is it just a matter of premiums on the products or what's what's that all about? Yeah, I mean, premiums come into play. So the first thing that you have to know, yeah, you get like, that's a very typical question, especially for people that are just getting started because you're presented with this range of products that you can own. Like you go on a website and there's like anywhere between 30 to like 500 products that you can invest in, in the mm -hmm. gold and silver world. So navigating that as a novice, definitely a challenge. So there's kind of some golden rules that I put out there. And, and to, to answer your question, bars versus coins. So the general rule is, the bars are going to have lower premiums than the coins. So you're going to pay a little bit less total price all in when you're, you're buying a one ounce silver bar, for example, versus a one ounce silver round or a one ounce silver maple leaf. You notice this when you made your purchase. And so that's one way to save a little bit of money. So if, if you're a, a, a cost sensitive type person and you're like, well, I just want to save as much as possible, then you're going to want to look at bars instead of coins. The, the, the flip side to that argument um, is that some people say bars are less liquid than coins when it comes time to sell. It's a little bit of a misconception. Basically, if you're in a, in a, in a city where there's an active market or you know, you're buying and selling online or you have it in a vault like we run, there's, a, there's equal liquidity for your coins and your bars, you, meaning you can sell your bars as easily as you can your coins or your rounds. There will always be a bid on your bars because it's pure metal. Someone wants to buy it. Um, so that, that's kind of a misconception, but the truth is, is that certain bars are less liquid, like larger ones, like 100 ounce gold bars, 400 ounce gold bars, 1000 ounce silver bars. Those might have to be refined if you're selling them. So you can keep that in mind, but your smaller stuff equally is liquid. So you might as well save the premium, general rule in most cases. But when you go to sell your maple leaf down the road, you might, you're gonna get more than you would for a one ounce silver bar. The question becomes like the total spread what it costs you to buy it, what you're getting when you sell it. You look at the total spread, what's the best product? And you have to do the math. It's very simple math, but you have to do it to know what the best product out there is. Sure. It's a kind so of a long answer. But yeah. That's that's a great answer. It's So it's by and large kind of a personal thing. And, you, you know, it's just kind of weigh out the premiums, the, the pros and cons and um, make a projection for yourself as to where that money is going to go in the future. That, that makes perfect sense. Uh, you mentioned strong markets in... Uh, you know, wherever, whatever city that you're in, if there's a, a mm -hmm. reputable precious metals dealer around, there's always going to be a market for uh, your precious metals. Would you say, in your opinion, would you say we're in kind of a buyer's market right now? I've, you know, you see, I've seen the tab tabloids. I saw something actually just today that the price of gold is dropping and silver's hovering at about 19 bucks an ounce or so. Would you say we're in a buyer's market right now for someone who's just thinking about getting involved? It's, it's an inch, it's, it's a really, it's a strange market. I tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And this is one of these periods of time where even people inside the industry are kind of scratching their heads. And there, there's, 
there's two sides of this market. Number one, the price is kind of soft. Like you're seeing the gold price soften. You're seeing the silver price. Silver's actually been pretty resilient around 19 bucks. I'd almost expect it to have fallen below that by this point, but it's been pretty resilient. But the, the, the spot prices are relatively soft. So in that sense, is it a buyer's market? Yes, because you're buying on a dip. Always good. It's the hardest thing to do as an investor, but it's the best thing to do. So you should be thinking about buying on the dip. But on the flip side of that, premiums, which represent the actual supply of physical metal in the market that's available today to purchase are quite high because the demand from mints and refiners is quite high right now. So you've got this relatively soft spot price, but relatively high premiums, which tells two stories in the market. And, and what that boils down to behind the scenes, what's happening is you kind of have this decoupling is that there's strong demand for physical products. So like guys like you and I who buy tend to buy physical are actually buying quite a bit especially in the Eastern markets, in Europe, in China, in, in India, in Turkey, where inflation is like 80%, every, they're buying as much physical product as they can. But the paper markets, the ETFs, and the, the paper products that are available to, uh, to institutional investors mostly, they're actually, they're, they're, they're liquidating their positions, they're selling out, they've kind of given up on gold and silver right now. So you've got this contrasting thing going on in the market, and that explains high premiums, but low spot price. So overall, the message to investors is yes, take advantage of those soft spot prices, but try to buy products that have relatively low premiums. Always try to save a few bucks on the premiums if you can. So don't pay $10 over spot for silver eagles, go buy silver maples, go buy silver bars, one ounce silver bars, hundred ounce silver bars, whatever you can afford. That's kind of my advice for people right now. The silver eagles are uh, at a crazy price right now. I just saw a couple of them today and nobody seems to have them. Everyone's everyone's out of stock right now. So I guess going back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, this might be a good opportunity for people to start looking at bars versus coins because those those premiums yeah. tend to be lower. Um, cool. Uh, a couple of superficial questions that just kind of floated into my brain. Um, I, heard, I keep hearing this word toning that people keep talking about. And it's something that, that tends to happen to uh, silver and gold, I guess, over time. Is that just a tarnish? Or does that affect value or anything? I know this is really kind of a trivial question, but it's just for curiosity's sake. Yeah, no, a lot, a lot of people ask that question. Um, it's more common. And I, if, if, if it's what I'm thinking of, I, I'm not familiar with toning per se, but if it's what I'm thinking of, like tarnish, tarnishing, um, it's natural with silver products. Uh, Oxid it's basically oxidization. So when silver comes in contact with uh, with oxygen, um, it tarnishes over time. And that's why like grandmothers used to scrub their silverware because like it would oh, tarnish yeah. over time. That's why they had to do it every Christmas. Like you got to get out silverware and, and, and scrub it so that it's nice and shiny again. So it's completely normal. Um, does it affect the investment value of the silver, the underlying asset? No, uh, we, we buy and sell tarnished products. We, we buy these thousand ounce bars from clients that are black they're you know they're they look like they almost look like coal i mean underneath you can still tell it's silver and obviously there's markings on it and all those things but sure. um doesn't really affect it unless you have a collectible if you own a collectible tarnishing is is one thing that would be considered in the value of that collectible uh, i'm not an expert uh in numismatics but that is one aspect that would be looked at it's not common in gold products gold the nice thing about gold is it does not tarnish or um discolor very easily and that's why when they find treasures at the bottom of the ocean from like Spanish galleons that sank 500 years ago, the gold is still very shiny. Uh, it doesn't yeah. tend to tarnish. So that's one advantage of gold. If you're worried about tarnishing, well, just switch over to gold. You won't have that problem. But to answer your question, 
the investment itself, that silver maple leaf you have, it will tarnish over time. It does not really lower the value of the maple leaf for, as a bullion it's product. It's good to know. This, this really is. I think these are probably, I, I started off with coins just because they were so prevalent at the time. And I, I think this is probably my favorite product as far as coins are concerned. The, the uh, Royal Canadian Mint really just pumps out gorgeous, gorgeous products. Those and the... Um, the Britannias, I think, are probably my two favorites. They're just they're just stunning to look at. Yeah, yeah. The mints do a good job. I mean, there's I like the Philharmonic personally. It's always been one of my favorite. Or the gold uh, buffalo from the U.S. Mint is a beautiful coin, and that's why you know coins are popular too because they give you that wow factor. So if you're someone who's storing them at home, or you you know you store some at home and you store some in a vault, but the ones you have at home, like when you take them out and you look at them, you get this little emotional you know high where you're like, oh, this is beautiful, and, and that's great. You should, you know, you should enjoy what you own. You should enjoy your investments. But as you, as you build that portfolio, now that you're in, you, you Chuck, you've now committed to the precious metals world. You're probably going to add to your position over time. And eventually you're going to be like, I just want to get as many ounces as I can. So then you start buying the hundred ounce bars, maybe the thousand ounce bars, and you don't care what it looks like. It can look like a doorstop. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it that's it's very true and i you know the coins are like you said they're they're stunning to look at and they're they're a lot of fun to kind of um collect it's almost like having a baseball card collection in a way yeah. except this one is worth uh is a tangible form of wealth and that's one thing that i've been telling you know people that i'm trying to convince into getting into this kind of investment is that it's you know when you hold on to these products you can instantly recognize this as a form of wealth and, you know and i could talk all day about fiat currencies and how you know personally in my personal opinion on how we do economics these days but throughout i mean precious metals have stood the test of time it's what humans always go back to as a form of wealth gold and silver gold and silver it's just what we tend to recognize as as currency you know so uh, it, it confuses me that more people are not kind of buying into this kind of investment um is that different from your from your perspective? I mean, you're a precious metals dealer, so all you deal with is people who like precious metals. But are you are you as surprised as I am that more people are not kind of jumping on the bandwagon? Yeah, listen, I mean, uh, approximate number I'll throw at you about three percent of the general population owns bullion uh, or precious metals as an in physical precious metals as an investment. There's a larger number that would own some form of paper, which would be like mining companies or uh etfs so on but you know physical metal really a small amount relatively small amount am i surprised yeah um at, at the i'm surprised because i've come to find it's an excellent long-term investment for my family for myself i've benefited from owning it over a long period of time it's a little bit like real estate in that sense like you're not immediately going to benefit this is not a get rich fast investment unless you happen to buy it the day before a financial crisis and sell it the day that a financial crisis ends, which is really hard to do. Um, it is not a get rich asset. It is really a long-term wealth preservation uh, like real estate in your portfolio could become. And you need to give it time to mature and to do its thing because gold is cyclical like anything. It works, it really has benefits during periods of crisis um, and people have to be patient. And I think today people are impatient and they are trying to get rich quickly and they're trying to get rich easily. And that's why a lot of people got burned on crypto. I got burned on crypto. A lot of people got burned. It's not a criticism. It's just a reality check. So, you know, 
I am a little bit surprised and a little bit disappointed. But that being said, one of the biggest problems with our industry as a whole, and I say this to my industry colleagues when I go to conferences, and I said it recently when we went to the LBMA, I said, look, like we don't market ourselves very well as a group. You know, we all, we're all individual dealers and we all are trying to compete with each other. And we don't sell this consistent, simple message to the general public, which is really, I think, one of the the main issues that we have as an industry is this educational thing like you and I are doing today. We have to educate people. We have to have consistent messaging. We have to make sure we're not ripping people off because it's all good to rip someone off and sell them a lousy investment. But they once they figure that out, they're not coming back. And unfortunately, it's an industry where some of that does happen. So you said something really important earlier. There's a key word that you use that I, w- I use a lot too when I talk to people is reputable dealer. Find a dealer that is in good standing, that has a good reputation, whether that be in your local city or online and stick with them because you're going to avoid so much nonsense and so many problems by just working with that dealer and developing a relationship with that dealer. And you can have more than one. There's no harm in in having multiple sources you buy from, but that's really, really key is don't just, you know, go buy the cheapest ounce you can find, buy it from a reputable dealer and you are going to cut out a lot of headaches in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that 100%. I think relationship is is the big word there, too. I mean, it's just like any other business dealing. You, you make a good relationship with your realtor and your banker and your doctor and your lawyer. You might as well make a good relationship with your, your precious metals dealer as well. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for being on. This was uh, really, really a treat and really a pleasure for me and a good learning experience. And I think uh, the listeners are all going to agree. Yeah, Chuck, I mean, hey, it's my pleasure. You know, I'm always uh, here to help. Uh, you let me off the hook on the price predictions, but I'll close by saying this. Something to keep in mind for people because everyone's a little bit disappointed where the price of gold and silver are right now. That's kind of the general consensus amongst investors. Keep something in mind, cannot be overlooked. Gold and silver are priced primarily in US dollars. The US dollar is at a 20 year high. Okay, a 20 year high, not a 20 month high, a 20 year high. That's a that's like a very significant fact. It's about 25 to 30 percent over its median value, the USD. So if you over time, it will come back to its median, like the world will regulate itself, like all the cyclical elements will kind of play out. And the US dollar Mm -hmm. will come back more or less to its median, its historical median. And when that happens, automatically, the price of gold and silver will go up because you'll need You'll need more U.S. dollars to buy an ounce of gold, to buy an ounce of silver. And so if you factor a 25% correction in the U.S. dollar, you're looking at $24 silver and $2,000, $2,100 gold. So, you know, if, if you were going to ask that question, I was going to, that's what, that was my answer is going to be. So I'm going to leave that with you because, you know, people are always asking, you know, why isn't gold and silver doing better? Where is it going to trade? The U.S. dollar is the number one factor they have to be paying attention to. Okay. Well, excellent. Uh, Mark, thanks again so much. And um, good luck on all your endeavors, man. Yeah, my pleasure, Chuck. Anytime you let me know you want to do this again. I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you so much. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Hey. You made it through another episode. Proud of you. Uh, That was one of my favorite talks, I think, to date, because, you know, I mean, Mark is such a wealth of knowledge on a subject that I want to learn as much as I can about. Uh, You guys might not feel the same way, but I think I think this precious metal investment 
it, it sounded unorthodox to me at the time when I when I first got into it, but that isn't the case. You know, I mean, people have been investing in physical metal for generations upon generations, and even back through the history of mankind. I, I touched on this uh, during the interview. Humans have always gone back to physical metal as a form of currency. You know, it's we try these fiat currencies here and there, and uh, in a, a later episode, I'll talk to you guys about fiat currencies, and I'll try to give you my best uh, explanation of what a fiat currency is and what that means and stuff. I wanted to touch on it in this episode. We, we didn't have time. Um, and frankly, again, I'm not an expert, so I'm not the best person uh, to give you that kind of information, but I'll read up a little bit more. I'll do the best I can uh, in a future episode. But for right now, uh, that was, for me, that was really exciting. I hope it was really exciting for you guys too. And I hope it kind of sparked your interest uh, or your intrigue and getting involved in, in some precious metal investment. It is, it's a physical thing that you can hold in your hand. You know, uh, someone told me once, um, a, one of the guys in the business said, uh, if you can't hold it, you don't own it, you know? And that's, you know, you can, you can take that with a grain of salt if you want to, but he's got a point. I mean, with all these weird stocks and stuff, and you know, recently there was a, there was kind of a, controversy with one of the major stock exchange apps i'm not going to name any names here but it's always kind of sketchy it's sketchy when you throw your money at something that you can't see and you can't hold and you can't really exercise um or or really predict where it's going to go um but i know i know exactly where these things are i know exactly where this is this is you know i, I keep it where i keep it and these things are they're mine i can hold them and they're always going to be a form of currency and there's cool little novelty items that you can get too this is a silver 100 bill like how cool is that i mean come on it's not it's not worth 100 dollars, but it's still cool to look at anyway I, i'm gonna keep you guys here for the rest of the day just uh nerding out about my precious metals and i don't want to do that because y'all got things to do i'm sure but thank you so much for tuning in for another episode and uh come back next week i hope to see you guys again soon cheers